being on social media, we already have so much pressure from trying to be this real perfect fitness fanatic. Everybody expects you to be, oh my gosh, you just had your baby six weeks after um, you've had your baby postpartum, you get the okay, you can train. I didn't start training after six weeks. It's, um, he's almost four months. I actually only started training a month ago. Start small. There's no rush. Remember, it took you nine months to grow a human in your body. So how can you expect your body to get back, bounce back, as everybody say, in a month or two compared to nine months? You can't compare those two. Welcome to Sense by Meg Forer the podcast that's brought to you by ParentSense, the app that takes guesswork out of parenting. If you're a new parent, then you are in good company. Your host, Meg Forer, is a well-known OT, infant specialist, and the author of eight parenting books. Each week, we're going to spend time with new mums and dads, just like you, to chat about the week's wins, the challenges, and the questions of the moment. Subscribe to the podcast, Download the ParentSense app and catch Makia every week to make the most of that first year of your little one's life. And now, meet your host. Welcome back, moms and dads. This is Sense by Meg Fora, the podcast that delves into the deep realities of parenting, both the joys and also the challenges. And we offer support and insights and also a bit of a sense of community for parents everywhere. Today, we are joined by an incredible guest. Um, she's an exercise and training expert and a lifestyle coach who has recently embarked on the most rewarding journey yet. And I'm guessing probably the most challenging journey yet as well. And that is motherhood. She's here to share not only her professional insights into postpartum fitness, but also her personal experiences and challenges as a new mama. In a world where social media often reflects a very unrealistic picture of getting back into shape and getting back into exercise. And there's massive pressures that moms face. Um, we know that we are not alone in these struggles. And that's really what we're going to be talking about today. Together, we are going to explore the balance between motherhood and personal health. We're going to talk a little bit about her exercise program that has been designed for new moms. And we're also going to delve into some personal questions about her journey with her little one, Luca. Expect a candid conversation filled with real mum talk, motivation, and advice on how to navigate that postpartum period with grace and strength. A huge welcome today. I am very excited to um, welcome Stephanie here with me. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Meg. Thank you so much for having me. It's a real pleasure. I've obviously been um, following you um, on social media, on Instagram. Um, your account is Stephanie TWS, is that correct? TWS, that's correct. Also well known as Train with Stephanie. So that's what the TWS stands for. I think most people know me as TWS rather than Stephanie. <laughs> okay, excellent. Well, it's so good to have you here. And, you know, I've been following your journey, both because, you know, fitness and health and well-being postpartum is very much um, you know, center of all of our mum's worlds, but also mainly because you're so real in all of your posts. And, um, you know, your journey with Luca, who's now 15 weeks old, has been one that's been very interesting for me to watch because you haven't hyped it into something that's glorious and absolutely perfect every day. You speak, um, you know, you, you speak your truth. And, and that really is something that all our mums appreciate. Yes, for sure. I just, I feel being on social media, we already have so much pressure from trying to be this real perfect fitness fanatic. 
and then getting into being a new mom it's 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 just not it's just not that easy just to be perfect all the time so i believe in being real and putting the real story out there instead of trying to be perfect and having everybody think you are so amazing and you know it's quite interesting as you were talking there i was just thinking that you know when it comes to things like being in the exercise and fitness world um, the more you put in, the more you get out. And so there's this kind of direct correlation. And in fact, I've seen it on a few of your stories about, you know, if you work hard, you, and I see the women who work with you achieve these beautiful bodies and and this fitness and this health, but motherhood's completely different. Like it's not a case of the more you put in, the more you get out. It's it's not. I think the more you put in, the more drained you actually are. <laughs> to The more tolerance you have, the more patience the less sorry not the more the less the more you put in with exercise the less tolerance and patience and energy you actually have for your baby so so in the motherhood industry with fitness it's it's really not that easy to to try to still stay on top of everything because I mean everybody expects you to be oh my gosh you just had your baby six weeks after um you've had your baby postpartum you get the okay you can train I didn't start training after six weeks it's um he's almost four months I actually only started training a month ago because I just felt my body needs to recover I don't I don't have to jump in I'm not gonna let social media pressurize me with anything or anybody expecting me to bounce back that quickly because I know everybody is expecting that and I was just like that's not me my body did so much for me yeah so Stephanie, how did you end up, I mean, just give us a little bit of an insight into your journey to becoming TWS. Um, and, do, you know, did you study exercise and fitness? What is your background? So basically, I started doing what I love seven years ago. So TWS has been running for seven years. Um, and we've changed over 2000 ladies lives. So I studied personal training. And seven years ago, I just felt the need to help ladies because I felt there's so many ladies out there that are insecure about themselves that are insecure to go to the gym so basically TWS has a wide variety of home workout programs and the reason for that why I chose to start off seven years ago with home workout programs is because ladies don't want to go to gym they don't have the confidence to go to gym they don't know what to do in the gym but they do want to work on themselves so that's why I started doing all these quick and easy, effective home workout programs. Even those days, I knew time management, you only have a, a small amount of time. So that when I started, my programs are really, really short. And that's actually how I'm getting around postpartum exercises now, because I know exactly how short of time you need to actually do something effectively. So yes, basically, um, I have a wide variety of online programs which cater for any fitness level, any any age, it all caters for everybody. And this the amazing thing about my programs, it's, it can all be done in the comfort of your own home with no equipment. You can basically use a tin, tin foods as weights or water bottles. That's what makes my programs so nice and because it's so quick. So yeah, I basically started seven years ago, super, super love what I do. Every time I see transformations and the way that people speak about how they feel, not only about their body, but how they feel about themselves, their health, it just boosts me even more to create more programs to help people. Yeah, ladies. amazing. And I mean, I noticed because I was looking, you've got a challenge coming up. And one of the things on your social media yesterday was like 15 to 25 minute workouts daily. And 
You know, I, for me, that totally resonates. I actually also interestingly started my journey also about seven years ago with only doing home exercises and it changed my fitness because before that it was like, get to gym, get to a class, schedule it in. Um, and it's actually the, you know, the, the discipline of being able to do it every single day, but just short, like just fit it into my day and there's no travel time. Um, and that must also work well for new moms as well. Um, so, so obviously, I mean, that, that sounds good for any mom, um, is there anything that had to change about that and when you started to talk about postpartum fitness? Because obviously the shortness is great, but there's got to be other things, I guess, that adjust for being postpartum. So so the workout itself is, is easy. It's 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 that's not the, my struggle. The struggle is having the energy. The time-wise, it's also okay if you can squeeze it in, but compared to what I'm used to training as long as I want to going to gym whatever time I want to or training in my garage or wherever I'm training to, it's a rat race. You have to, okay, you're sleeping now, I have to put on my clothes quickly. The workouts itself is, is, is easy, as I said, but just finding the energy to even, just to get, get into your training clothes, that is how much energy gets taken out of out of you as a new mom. Um, we all know the broken sleep, um, that's one of the big things. And for me, breastfeeding takes out a lot of energy as well. So for me, I feel I only have a certain amount of energy and I need to choose on what I spend my energy every day. Um, to be honest with you, the first day when I started training a month ago, I was exhausted. I think I did four exercises, which was too much for me. I put it out as a trainer and completely the wrong exercises and too much of a high intensity workout. And that day I was so impatient with my baby. I was so unenergetic with Luca. Everything was just, and I was like, no, whoa, I need to split my energy into wise ways. I need to decide what is important and what, what, what needs my energy. So the exercise itself is not difficult. That that I can manage. My body can manage that, but it's finding the energy and finding the time to actually do that. And I can remember just like it was yesterday that there were times when it got to kind of 10 or 12 in the morning and I hadn't got out of my pajamas. And then I would think to myself, and I can remember my husband had gone to work and I would think, how the hell am I going to get out of my pajamas? Because I didn't know how long James was going to sleep for. Maybe it was only going to be 30 minutes. And that wasn't enough time for me to get out of my pajamas into the shower and and clean. I mean, it was just like, it was just a complete nightmare. So if getting out of pajamas is a task, can you give us maybe one or two practical tips for moms who are right there right now, who are not getting out of their pajamas every day, never mind exercising, what tiny steps can they do to start getting them back towards a little bit of fitness and, and movement? So I would say what, what I set out for myself, the pressure I took completely off my shoulders was I'm not going to set unrealistic goals and say five days a week, I need to train five days a week this week because I need to get my body back as everybody always states and a statement that really digs deep into me because I don't like that statement. So I would say what I told myself, I'm going to put out two weeks and I'm going to train twice a week for the two weeks. So any days, any any day, two, two days of the week, I'm going to pick and I'm going to make it twice a week. I'm not going to push for five days a week because it's unrealistic. I'm already so tired after the first exercise. And after week two, 
I will then decide, let me add a walk to my two days exercise. Then I have three days of exercise, which means I'm moving three days a week instead of nothing or instead of five days, unrealistic, drained, irritated, impatient, can't get time to get out of my pajamas. Because, I mean, it's so strange. I've always been a person early, early in the morning, I'm in my fitness clothes, I'm ready for the day. Now I get to a Monday and by 12, I'm still in my PJs and I'm like, Oh, I need to train, I need to eat, I need to clean, I need to... Getting out of PJs is the last thing on my mind. So I'm just doing everything in my PJs. But I would just say set realistic goals. Start small. There's no rush. Remember, it took you nine months to grow a human in your body. So how can you expect your body to get back, bounce back, as everybody say, in a month or two compared to nine months? You can't compare those two because that's what people think. People want... I need an eight-week program or I need um, a month or two to bounce back, to get back. But you forget that it took nine months out of your life to create this human. And you've got your whole life in front of you. What What is the rush? What is the rush to, to compare nine months to two months? You can't compare the two. So ju- just start small and, and have small goals and, and realistic goals. Because I think people often put unrealistic goals out there because I'm six weeks postpartum. I'm going to take six weeks now and I, I need to get my body back. But it took nine months to grow the human. Six weeks compared to nine months. You can't compare that. So you've mentioned with quite a bit of disdain quite a few times the word bounce back or get your body back. And I mean, those are kind of phrases that social media largely puts on us. I mean, yes, we do as as women, we often put the pressure on ourselves as well, but that pressure that we put on ourselves often is from external as well. How do you manage? And I mean, being in the game you're in, I can only imagine that your Instagram feed is just full of, of beautiful bodies and exercise and fitness and wellness. How do you manage that noise of perfection and bounce back from your social media? And, and what advice do you have for moms on that? So the whole bounce back is just so unrealistic to me it's just as I just mentioned it's it's super unrealistic if you take it nine months compared to two months you can't you can't compare the two so I think when I felt pregnant I was so at ease with my body and where I'm at I told myself from the start I'm not going to put pressure on myself once my baby's born. And I knew everybody was waiting for that. Oh, TWS says, baby's been born. Let's see when she's going to start training, when she's going to do this. Oh, I want to see what her body looks like. I wonder what did she do? Did she natural C-section? What did she do? Because I'll need to know because I need to do what she does. And I just decided that I'm not going to be that that fitness lady. I'm going to be the fitness lady that is true to myself, true to the people out there. And to 99% of the normal new mom, what she can manage. And a new mom cannot manage six weeks postpartum to start training and get back into gym. Getting up at 5 a.m. in the morning, and if, you, if you've if you had broken sleep, 5 a.m., I'm like, I can't open my eyes. I'm like, please, please, look, I just sleep like another 10 minutes. Like, I can't get up. So I promised myself from the start that I will not be that fitness coach that's going to jump back in I'm going to give my body a rest. My body did nine months of growing a tiny human in my in, in, inside my tummy. And I just feel I've built up so much respect. Not that I never had respect towards my body, but I built up so much respect towards my body, what it did for me for nine months. So that's why I feel moms out there must must remember it's it's been nine months. 
give your body a break. Don't jump back into, I know we all want to become healthy again and feel yourself and, and all of that jazz, but the, the reality is you don't feel yourself for the first, I'm at almost four months and I'm only starting to feel a little bit normal, feel a little bit as if I can manage Luca, but then you get a day where he's like, no, no, mom, you're not managing me today. I'm in control. So just bear with yourself and keep on reminding yourself that it's been a hell of a ride to just bring a baby into this world. Apart from your natural or your C-section or whatever you did, people intend to forget the previous nine months. So be nice to your body. Be gentle to your body. I know, like I said, I know everybody wants to bounce back. But what I did was I just kept on eating healthy. And eating also makes a hell of a difference to how you feel about your body. So, I mean, if you take it, if you eat junk food, you sleep little, you've got broken sleep, you, your house is dirty, your hair is dirty, everything's dirty as a new mom, you're not getting, then you don't feel good. But if you try at least just to eat more healthy, and that's what I did in my first three months. I didn't exercise. I maybe went for little walks here and there with Luca, but he also ended up crying. So that also cut my my walking short. Um. But I think be gentle on your body. Remind yourself why you are where you are because it took nine months. And just remind yourself, listen, nine months. Give my my body a rest. We'll get there when we get there. It's it's all going to come. You've got your whole life in front of you to bounce back or get your body back or to how people are saying that. But just remind yourself, you've got time. Be gentle. Be nice to yourself. Your body is going through so much and the broken sleep is – it's just the cherry on top. Like, don't push yourself. So you've spoken about quite a bit about the broken sleep. Um, and that kind of brings me around to your personal journey with Luca in terms of motherhood. Um, how have you found the transition? And what are the things that have really challenged you? So it's 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 been quite a journey. Um, I'm just very thankful. I can't complain about not having a healthy baby. He's been perfectly healthy. I think more the transition of the sleeping, um, you know you're going to get a little sleep, but you don't know to what extent it is. But again, the body is so amazing and your body adjusts. Like I think the first night when we got home, I think we had an hour of sleep and my body just functioned the whole next day. And then the second night, also two hours and my body just functioned the whole day. So I think the biggest challenge for me was the broken sleep um, because making – making me feel the next day your hormones are all over the show so very cry very emotional very it's just very overwhelming um so I think the biggest challenge for me was the broken sleep because I'm a person that's always had a lot of energy I'm always positive I'm always jumping onto the next thing okay what's the what's the new thing what are we going to do with TWS next program and now since getting Luca it's like okay um, what what will what will my next meal be like? When am I going to get time to prepare my next meal? Because I need to eat. Because I need to breastfeed. Otherwise, my milk's not going to come. So your mind has changed completely. But in a way, still, again, I've always just been gentle on my body since having this baby and and accepting the broken sleep and saying, you know what, I didn't have a good night last night. I'm not going to push my body even more to exercise, to drain myself. I'm rather just going to focus on eating healthy if possible. I know that's also difficult because you just grab whatever you can and just stuff your face with it. But I really focus on trying to still eat healthy and and getting the right nutrition in. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, when we look, when we talk about the challenges, you've spoken about the sleep challenges. Um, you, I know that you said that you breastfeed as well. Um, are there any questions that you have that have come up over the last three months that you'd like to share with me and that we can share with other people? Because most moms actually have very similar questions. Yeah, so there are actually two, Meg. Thank you so much for allowing me to ask you a question or two. Um, so I think a question that I've heard a lot um, of since speaking to new moms is with what, what I'm going through with Luca at this stage is he's got this, it's not broken sleep. I don't know why broken sleep is stuck in my head, but I think they call it cat naps during the day. So he's on a, yesterday he actually did like 15 minutes, 20 minutes cat naps, but usually it's a half an hour and it's like smack bam, half an hour. When he hits that half an hour, he starts shoving around, he starts making noises and all of that. Um, so I just, I've heard that it could all, it could be overtired or undertired. How do you define if he's overtired or if he's undertired or what causes the, the 30 minute cat naps during the day? So it's very interesting. You know, sleep is such a, um, it's, it's a trajectory that all babies go through. Most babies go through. The, one, the first is that they, when they're born and they're very little, they tend to sleep a long period of time. So like almost from one sleep to the next during the day. So like you could have like a three or even four hour sleep. And like you can actually, I mean, even though in those early days, you still think you can't get everything done. Like when you look back, you go, oh my gosh, imagine having like a three hour stretch of sleep. And then usually at around about two or three weeks, they start to wake up a little bit and they don't have, and and that first stage we kind of call the honeymoon period. And then suddenly they're more wakeful. And so they are, you know, they start to have these much shorter sleeps. Now, a normal baby sleep cycle is about 45 minutes. So that is from the time they fall asleep until the time they wake up will be 45 minutes that they will wake up. Some babies will do as short as 30 minutes and it still constitutes a sleep cycle, that they actually are needing to be resettled at that time or resettle themselves. Now they do learn to resettle themselves and we call it linking sleep cycles. And most babies start to link sleep cycles by six months of age. So what will happen at six months is that you'll have like a 40, a 30 to 45 minutes sleep in the morning, and then a good like two hour sleep over midday, and then another shorter sleep later in the afternoon. And that's pretty typical for a six to nine month old. But between about two or three weeks and about six months, you can actually have these quite short sleeps. So what do we do about it? So the first thing is some of it is acceptance that some of your sleeps can be like 30 to 45 minutes and that's normal. Anything less than 30 minutes is not normal. So anything less than 30 minutes is not a good enough sleep cycle. So if he's having like a 20 minute, then it's not a good enough sleep cycle because he's going to need another sleep very soon and he's going to be tired. So I'm going to give you a couple of tips. The first thing is you... This episode is brought to us by ParentSense, the all-in-one baby and parenting app that help you make the most of your baby's first year. Don't you wish someone would just tell you everything you need to know about caring for your baby? When to feed them, how to wean them, and why they won't sleep? ParentSense app is like having a baby expert on your phone guiding you to parent with confidence. Get a flexible routine, daily tips, and advice personalized for you and your little one. Download ParentSense app now from your app store and take the guesswork out of parenting. First thing is you do need to watch the awake times. Um, I think you've got the ParentSense app, don't you? Yeah, I've got the app. I did the course um, last year, November. I did the sleeping course with you. Uh, and it really, really helped me. Yes, um, I still go back and look at the masterclasses and the videos that you posted there. I just pop my earphones on and 
when I'm breastfeeding, I still, I just put my phone down. So I really make use of that. Give yourself a reminder. That's excellent. Yeah. So that mums for you, all of the rest of you, that um, sleep course is called the Sleep Sense Online course and it's inside the Parent Sense app. And we've got another one starting up fairly soon as well. So you can join that. Um, I would go back and listen to the, the day sleep um, video from that one or the day sleep masterclass um, because it'll cover this. So, so let's talk about a couple of things. First is, first of all, you watch the awake times and um, you need to make sure that he, he, uh, that you watch what time he wakes up and by the end of the awake time, he's going back to sleep. And it usually is about five to 10 minutes before the end of the awake time, take him to his room, close the curtains, put on the white noise, put him in his sleeping bag if it's a good day, if it's a longer day sleep, and then settle him down there for a little bit of a, of a nap. That's the first thing. The second thing is that um, if he's sleeping very short, he's having he might be having what's called the hypnagogic startle, which is a little startle reflex that they do just as they're falling asleep. And that usually happens at 15 to 20 minutes. And to stop that, you can actually use a little weighted blanket. And um, there's some lovely little weighted blankets. Um, Snuggle Time sells one. So does Nurture One. They're very small. Um, so they're not these massive big things. They are very light. They're not, they're, not, they're not too heavy. And they're awesome because as he has that little jerk, he'll come up against the little weighted blanket and hopefully fall back asleep. If he doesn't do that and you don't want the weighted blanket, then my suggestion is to actually sit with him with your hand on him until he moves through that hypnagogic startle. So keep his hands in so they can't startle. Keep a little bit of pressure on him. Maybe listen to a podcast or whatever it is while you're doing that and then get him through that little re reflex, that little hypnagogic reflex. And then after that, he'll have a longer sleep. If he's sleeping at about like 30 minutes, if he, so if he's gone through the hypnagogic startle and he's still waking at 30 minutes, just a couple of pointers. Make the room dark and play white noise. And a lot of parents think I must differentiate day sleep and night sleep. And it's got to be like sleep in a light, noisy space in the day and sleep in a quiet, dark space at night. But it actually isn't like that because sleep is so critical for little ones day and night. It's better to have him in a dark space with the white noise for day sleeps as well. And then the final tip is that if he does wake up and it's been really short, like 30 minutes, you can go back in and just resettle him. So turn him on his side, pat his bum till he falls back asleep or give him his dummy if that's what he takes. Give him his doo-doo blankie um, and that would be important. And then the last thing, I know I said that was the last one, but the last thing is so important, Stephanie, because actually particularly for Luca, because he's approaching 17 weeks. At 17 weeks, we sometimes have what's called a 17-week sleep regression, which is where they actually start to wake up more frequently. And the reason that they do that, it does have a little bit to do with nutrition, but it has more to do with that they need to actually learn to self-soothe. And one of the things I would recommend is that even for those day sleeps where you think he's waking, you know, our tendency is, sure, I can hear him. I'm going to run in. If I settle him quicker, if I, if I get to him quickly, then I can settle him quickly and he'll re-sleep. So what we do, exactly. But what we actually do is we start to train our babies that every time they come into the slight state of sleep, we'll be there and we'll put them back to sleep. So what I would suggest you do day and night is that when he starts to make a noise at 30 minutes or 40 minutes or whatever it is, is just to listen and just to see what he does. And um, you might find that he kind of makes some noise. He might even call out, but don't go to him. Just listen. Um, if he is really crying, then go to him, obviously, and then try and resettle him if it's been too short or pick him up if it's, if it's been longer. But by listening, you'll be amazed that actually he'll probably put himself back to sleep in some of those, of those little wakings. So try and see if you can just um, see if he'll resettle himself. Yeah, just just one sh sh uh, question on the the um, you mentioned to keep the room dark during the day. 
So I've, I haven't been closing the curtains. I've actually been leaving it open. The reason why, and I could be wrong, this is what my mom brain told me, my uneducated mom, first-time mom brain. So I was thinking if I keep the curtains closed for every day now and maybe in a month or two we go somewhere and it's not dark, is this not going to affect him on wanting a dark room? Why is my mom not making my room dark? How can I sleep in an open room? So will this not affect going forward to always having the curtains closed, always having a dark room to go somewhere where we don't have curtains that can be closed or there is no dark room? Yeah, look, you know, I always talk about healthy and unhealthy sleep associations. A healthy sleep association is something that you can actually reenact without you having to be physically in the room. So having a dark room is something that you can do without being there. Like just take a roll of black bags, refuse bags, and stick them inside the windows of wherever you are, you know. So my suggestion is that that is a healthy sleep association. Yes, it is a sleep association. You're spot on. He is going to expect that. But it is something that actually is not a major thing. Whereas an unhealthy sleep association is like breastfeeding to sleep because you will never be able to drop that without some work. So try to, you know, the things that you can use that he can use independently, like like, like a weighted blanket or a dark room or white noise, I wouldn't worry about those habits. And the other thing is, you know, what also happens is that right now he's sleeping a lot during the day. But when he gets to six months old, he's only going to be having three to four sleeps. By the time he gets to nine months, he's only having two sleeps. And by the time he gets to a year, it's only one sleep. So it's not like your whole life is disruptive. It's just it's just one or two sleeps, you know. So I think it's important to keep, for me, it's important to make sleep the absolutely the priority in the perfect sleep space. What you will find is that when you've got things perfect and things are going really well, your little one is amazing at how they're able to actually generalize that to a new situation. And I always tell the story about when my son was 18 months old and we had, it was 20, 2000, he was born in 1998, showing my age, he's, he's in his 20s now. <laughs> and um, and we had, I, I'd always had him in a rigid routine, dark room, like perfect sleep environment. And then we had to go away where we were in a space on, on New Year's Eve going 1999 to 2000. You couldn't get a babysitter in the world because <laughs> they, everybody was celebrating, you know, yes. uh, the, yes. you know, the New Year's Eve that, that, you know, going into the new millennium. And um, what ended up happening was that I, I followed exactly the same routine. He was in a room of like 15 babies, all in camp cots, and he just went straight to sleep, even through the noise. And the reason is that he was so hardwired to do exactly the same thing, you know. And so I think the things that you think are going to hold you hostage are actually the things that set you free when it comes to sleep. Yes, yes. Okay, that makes sense. Because I was just concerned if we had to go away and I don't have a dark room or how am I going to get him to sleep? So that doesn't, that was, you know, one of my questions about the curtains. And I have one last question. I think a lot of, I've seen this so many times on Instagram, a lot of moms complain or ask or don't know what to do about a 4 or a 5 a.m. wake up in the mornings. How do you manage that? Because I know some moms just, wake the baby up okay well this is it's four o'clock you've had your sleep what what would you say should you do if a baby wakes up four or five o'clock in the morning well first of all don't ever wake a baby at four o'clock in the morning in fact I don't believe in waking babies at all I, I think babies must sleep even a baby who is a very little and sleeping long stretches at night I don't wake them as long as they're gaining weight and as long as they weren't born underweight or premature they were born underweight and premature you might wake a baby at night but otherwise like for me you never ever wake a sleeping baby 
Um, what what I do think though is that 5 a.m. in your head, even though it doesn't feel like a human time to get up, it is actually often morning time for babies. That does not mean you must wake them. It means that you must just get your head around the fact that if your baby wakes at five, it might be morning. If they wake at four, that is too early. And there's a couple of things that I do recommend. So first of all, if they've woken at 4 a.m. and let's say they had a feed at 1 a.m. and now they've woken at 4 a.m., treat it as a night feed. So keep the room dark, feed them quietly, um, and try and get them back to sleep. The second thing is that at 4 a.m., I always say to moms, you can just break all the rules. So if if you've got like these rules in your head about my baby will, will never sleep next to me or my baby will not breastfeed, you know, lying down or whatever those rules are that moms make up, like just at five, at four o'clock in the morning, just do anything to get them back to sleep because you'll win do yourself. You do. do what you need to do. Yes. And it's interesting. Babies don't generalize it to the morning. So often a, a mom will say to me with her eight month old, you know, I've got my baby off all night feeds. They're sleeping through, but they're waking up at four and I'm worried about offering a milk feed because then they're going to keep waking up for that milk feed in the middle of the night. And they actually don't do that. They So do what you need to do at four o'clock in the morning. Um, keep the room dark. If they're under, under 12 weeks, swaddle them. If they're over 12 weeks, keep them in, you know, keep them in a, with the white noise. So just act as if it's nighttime and as if they're not supposed yeah, to. Midnight. They, they don't know what time it is. So just exactly. keep everything nice and dark. Exactly. Okay. Thank and then you if so it's much five, for those tips. You know, kind of they can get up and then just watch your wake times again and and put them back to and sleep. And just take it from yeah. there. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. That's, that's the only questions I have. Uh, as days go by, you get more questions, but like I mentioned, I, I make use of your masterclasses of that um, sleep course that I did. Well, not sleep course, sleep sense you mentioned. Uh, so that really does help. Uh, oh, that's brilliant. Excellent. And tell me, have you discovered our chatbot? I actually, uh, we, so the course I did with you, everybody was on the watch on the WhatsApp group and uh, one of the ladies, or I, I'm not sure what her name is, but she did post on the group that you have this this chat room where you can ask questions or or, or post your concerns on WhatsApp. Yeah, so it's a chatbot on WhatsApp. So you can ask questions anytime. It's trained in all of my data. So it'll be able to answer your questions, like the 4 a.m. question. If you pop that in there, I mean, you can go and test it. Um, yeah, so it's it's you you get twelve free free um, questions, and then after that, mums need to subscribe. But yeah, it's 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 great. So do go and have a look at that. Yeah, I'll definitely do that, especially at four a.m. or five a.m. when you are awake. Then you're yeah. like, who can I ask now? The Peter's asleep. The the exactly. nurses. Well, where can I go? So that's actually such a great tool to yeah. just go and ask and 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 get your answers. Exactly, exactly. Well, we can we can we'll share the link for that as well. And then Stephanie, before we go off, I wanted to ask you, I know that you've got a challenge coming up in the next week or so. So would you tell us what your um, fitness challenges look like and what moms can expect if they do join? So, yes, thank you for that. Um, I've, I've, I've got a challenge. I have three per year. So what this challenge in, in, entails is a WhatsApp group, which I think is one of the primary things one needs. When, when taking part in a challenge or when starting to exercise. Because often when you train at home, you do everything by yourself. You feel so lonely and demotivated because who else is doing this with me? So my challenge, it starts the same day, the 12th of February, and it ends the same day. So everybody does exactly the same exercises every day. So then we have the WhatsApp group. And while you're exercising and you're like, oh my gosh, this exercise is so, so difficult, you think to yourself, oh, but all the other ladies are also doing it. Let me go pop onto the WhatsApp group and ask them, 
how's everybody feeling, what exercise was difficult for them. So I think that's what makes my challenge so special is that we've got a WhatsApp group where I am on myself as well to motivate and to push you through the days where you feel like, oh my goodness, no, I don't want to train. I'm going to post this on the group and like wait for somebody to motivate me. And then you see there are 50 or 100 other ladies also going on and doing exactly the same. So yeah, that's what my challenges makes really special is the WhatsApp group. And then it's obviously also all the exercises. Does it have meal plans as well or is that? So so the, it, it comes with meal ideas. So it's not a fixed meal plan like Monday breakfast, this lunch, the dinner. It's meal ideas and you can choose what you feel like to eat. I know a lot of people prefer to have a, a scheduled meal plan to have, you know, exactly what to eat Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, breakfast, lunch, supper. But for me, in my head, this actually educates you on going forward. So once the eight weeks finished and you were on the strict diet, now you're like, okay, sure. What should I eat for breakfast now? Because the challenge is finished. I don't know what to eat. But preparing you and educating you on creating your own meals based off the meal ideas that I give you, I feel that's a bit more sustainable than being on a strict scheduled meal plan so it's it's the meal ideas that come with yeah I love that and how much is the um well how long is it and how much is it so the one that I'm starting to run in 12 February is six weeks challenge so it's six weeks five days a week and that comes in at 799 um, and this includes individual exercise demonstration videos so if you don't know how an exercise is done you get a link and it shows you exactly how to do every single exercise um so you get that you get the whatsapp group you get your training program you get training trackers it's it's just something small like you paste up on your wall and you tick off every day you did your exercise just to keep you accountable so yes that that is what you get with the challenge brilliant oh i love it well Stephanie, it sounds to me like it's something that our moms should think about doing because um, it sounds to me like it's going to be low pressure as well because just judging by how you spoke at the beginning, you know, you are, you're aware that moms can't fit it all in. But moms, if your baby's a little older and you're wanting to get, um, you know, to just get a little bit more healthy, then I think this sounds like a wonderful option. So Stephanie, it's been wonderful chatting with you. Thank you for making the time and I'd love to do it again sometime. Thank you so much for having me, Meg. Thanks. Pleasure. Thanks to everyone who joined us. We will see you the same time next week. Until then, download ParentSense app and take the guesswork out of parenting.